0: If you had known in this your day, even you, the things that are for your peace. My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a dam of thieves. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. <clears throat> I was not familiar with the tradition of Christmas in July until these past weeks, when I saw, while I'd in Wisconsin, the staff of the facility were decorating a tree, in the dining hall a big christmas tree surprised at first i then asked quickly i then quickly heard from the campers what it was all about today is christmas christmas in july as we celebrate of course the conclusion of our monthly novena to the infant king today we are going back to the manger where the infant king is lying laying today we recall the tears he shed while embracing our human nature with all its frailty and weakness Crying is proper to humans and denotes a large variety of feelings and emotions that only human beings can experience. Christ embracing our nature and its integrity, we can then presuppose presuppose that he certainly cried on that holy night as any other newborn baby. And if one is not yet convinced of the fullness of his human nature... Let him read once again today's gospel, and he shall be satisfied. In fact, this is one of the rare passages where we see our beloved Savior weeping. The sentiments of our Lord are presented to us in terms so strong, so difficult for us to penetrate, that one cannot remain unshaken by this passage. It is quite providential too, and therefore most appropriate, that today we commemorate these two diametrically opposed events of the life of our Lord: weeping over Jerusalem and weeping in the manger. First, he comes clothed in weakness and frailty, surrendering himself, surrendering himself to the hands of mankind. But yet as king, high priest and savior, he comes and offers himself up already. From day one, on the altar of the manger, that should one day, his last day, become the altar of the cross. On this day, man has received everything, and nothing else is now needed, except him and him alone. The shepherds are there, representing the wicked, the poor and simple in spirit. The magi and their courts are also present representing the leaders of this world, the powerful, the mighty. All acknowledge his mission. Second now, looking down over Jerusalem, as prophet he stands, surrounded by his apostles and most faithful followers. He weeps again because he knows that the altar of the manger, soon to take the shape of a cross, has been rejected by many and soon Jerusalem, will fall and be completely destroyed. Origen, an early father of the church, explains that Jerusalem is being destroyed because of the many crimes of its inhabitants. But I wonder if the tears of our Lord, continues Origen, were not shade on another kind of Jerusalem, our own Jerusalem, if after received and acknowledged the mysteries of the truth, a Christian relapses into sin." Our Lord weeps over him. And he continues, The Lord weeps over our Jerusalem, that is our own soul, and as a punishment for our sins. The enemies of our soul, the malicious spirits, will throw up a rampart about it, and surround it and shut it on every side, and will dash it to the ground, and will not leave in you one stone upon another. I do not need to draw the parallel with the situation of our church and society, the situation that we are facing today due to the latest decisions of our present sovereign pontiff, as it seems to be already quite clear and evident. My house is a house of prayer. When impious behaviors, when profane hands I laid over the sacred vessels, when political discourses are being held when the sacrifices due to God are being rejected by priests themselves in the temple in the house of God in what stands for the most important place on earth where even the angels are jealous of a holy jealousy of this now possible encounter between men and God then then and only, only then we know that its destruction is near ah uh, if you had known in this your day even you. Let us be grateful then if the good Lord, the Paschal Lamb, the victim of love, wills to unite us more profoundly and more intimately today to the sacrifice of the cross and of the altar. If he has willed from all eternity a sacrifice for himself, why wouldn't he we want why would we want to complain about the sacrifice of a short life lived entirely? in love for Him and with Him. Any form of suffering or persecution offered up courageously has an immense value in the eyes of God. As John Paul II wrote in his apostolic letter, Salvifici Doloris, he says, If one becomes a share in the sufferings of Christ, this happens because Christ has opened His suffering to men because he himself in his redemptive suffering has become, in a certain sense, a share in all human sufferings. Men, discovering through faith the redemptive suffering of Christ, also discovers in it his own sufferings. He rediscovers them through faith, enriched with a new content and new meaning. The cross of Christ throws salvific life in the most penetrating way, on man's life, and in particular, on his suffering. In times of great suffering and turmoil, the temptation was great for many to leave the flock, to run away from the holy city, to leave the temple. But the rest of the passage doesn't show Christ taking away the few good people, the few good souls that were there. No, the text says, and he entered the temple and began to cast out those who were selling and buying in it. And he was teaching daily in the temple. So let us not be afraid. Let us stay confident that the good Lord will provide in due times what his church needs. Because we know that to them that love God, all things work together unto to good, to such as, according to his purpose, are called to be saints. Let us not tempt Christ, as some of them tempted and perished by the serpents, says St. Paul. He exhorts us to change our ways, ways to transform our lives in a radical way. This isn't a call to mediocrity to a life of ease and rest. Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He warns us again, as he warned the first Christians. And there fell in one day 23,000, some of them tempted and perished by the serpents, referring to the Israelites who rebelled against God on their exodus, exodus to the promised land. Some of them murmured and perished at the hands of the destroyer. These strong and terrifying words that we find in today's epistle have nothing different than those pronounced by our Lord while looking over Jerusalem. The day will come upon thee when thy enemies will fence thee around about and encircle thee and praise thee hard on every side. And who are these enemies if not First of all, concupiscence itself, concupiscence of the flesh with this inordinate love of sensual pleasure, concupiscence of the eyes, this inordinate love of goods of this world, and the pride of life, this worship of oneself. Second, the world, obviously, and all its allurements and seductions. And finally, the devil himself with his legions of minions. But our Lord continues Ah, if thou too could understand above all in this day that is granted thee the ways that can bring thee peace. Who Who else could bring us peace except the one who is the way, the truth, and the life? His own tears are these tears of love that wash, purify, and fortify our wounded soul after each confession. Tears that are a source of peace. These same tears that in the Garden of Olives were shed on the Lord's holy face at the sight of man's sin. If we could understand always more the value of one single soul, the value of our own soul in the eyes of God, and the infinite desire he has to save it. But we learned from the great Saint Augustine, God who created you without you will not save you without you. What should be our response then? The only possible answer is that an ever more upright life, certainly with its difficulties, its many faults. But we know it too well where sin abounds. If we confess and sincerely regret them and amend our lives, their grace abounds all the more. Christ thus calls us by his example to learn to weep over our sins, to regret them always More, To have an ever more profound, honest, and lasting sorrow for them, the consequences are fatal for those who do not trust in God. He who thinks he stands firmly should be aware of a fall. As he drives out the merchants from the temple, so must we repel all the attacks of concupiscence of the world and of the devil, who seeks to attack, to take possession of that holy temple, that Jerusalem, our own souls. Several spiritual authors in the past have seen in this passage a clear connection with the other passage of the abomination of the desolation in Matthew chapter 24, referring to the very words of the prophet Daniel. Offering, he says, and burnt sacrifice shall be none." In the temple all shall be defilement and desolation. And until all is over, all is fulfilled, that desolation shall continue. Yes, indeed, no burnt sacrifice shall be offered in the temple, because Christ our past has been immolated. But desolation has come upon the temple because they have been offering sacrifices despite the fulfillment of the promise by our Lord or offering sacrifices that were unworthy. He says, he, St. Says John, in his own person is the atonement made for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. And also, that love resides not in our showing any love for God, but in his showing love for us first, when he sent out his Son to be an atonement for our sins. But abomination has shaded its dark shadow upon them because they have rejected him. They have rejected his sacrifice, the only worthy sacrifice. And for that, Jerusalem was destroyed. Pilate requested that the mages of Caesar be displayed in the temple. The emperor Adrian had his own equestrian statue built right where the arch of the covenant used to be. And Jews themselves ended up committing all kinds of crimes inside the temple when sieged by the Romans. The parallel with what is happening in the temple today, either in our souls, the souls of many, or in our churches that had been consecrated to God, where innumerable sacrileges are being committed every day against the true sacrifice of the altar at Mass, and against the blessed sacrament, all of that certainly prefigures, announces a great desolation, where the enemies of Christ will crush down and where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Abomination has entered into the Holy Temple, but pray and do penance, says Our Lady at Lourdes. Pray and do penance, says Our Lady at Fatima. The obscure painting painting presented to us by the text of the liturgy and their close similarity with our present times seems certainly not very promising, even discouraging, if not depressing. The colors and tones of that painting are very cold and dark in the eyes of whoever wants to follow Christ in his church today. However, the liturgy does not end on that thought, but pointing at the horizon, brighter, more colorful, and reassuring, reassuring colors emerge from the depth of that valley of tears. As we read in the introit of the mass, behold, God is my helper. The Lord sustains my life. Tears and mercy, two intimately linked realities, the ingratitude of men and yet the torn of grace, which flows from the pierced side of our savior. Because as Saint Paul says, we are well assured, once again, that everything helps to secure the good of those who love God. If the sight of our sins and those of the whole world and of our church seem ever more apparent, obvious, abominable to us today in that new Jerusalem, in that new temple, this time built over many decades by impious governments and ruled by the powers of darkness, Our only alternative, our only choice and salvation will be found in the restoration of the one true sacrifice of the altar and in the promise God has made to men to send his mercy upon the repentant sinner as we pray in the callings of the day. May your merciful ears be open, O Lord, to the prayers of those who humbly entreat you. Grant that they may ask for what pleases you so that you may fulfill their desires. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.